That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. Welcome to the Nation of Jake on The Voice, KWAM, FM 107.9 and AM 990. Yes, have some. Yes, have some. All right, welcome back to the Nation of Jake after a long weekend on The Voice, FM 107.9 AM 990 online, com, And we're streaming live on the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is Nation of Jake. Very simple to find. Why is everything so loud today? Go subscribe on YouTube, Nation of Jake, the channel. Nation of Jake, run that all together. All right, that's better. Now I feel like I'm speaking like a human being. A minute ago, I'm just like, oh, welcome back to it. Oh, my... Headphones way too loud. All right, so here we have Tuesday, September 3rd, year of our Lord 2019, after the long Labor Day weekend. Partly cloudy, 92. 93 is the high. Going to be like that for the foreseeable future. You see, Labor Day is the unofficial end of summer. You see, you get out by the pool, you go cook out, we take in some college football. I mean, fall is in the air. But it's not been reflected in our high temperatures just yet. So it's the unofficial end of summer. But there's plenty of butt sweat left throughout September, maybe even into Rocktober. You see, so we will soon, in the next few weeks, play the game. How long does it take for you to turn the heat on? Have you turned the heat on yet? We'll play that game again this year coming up, but not for a while. I mean, there's really not going to be any reason to turn on the heat in the foreseeable future. You're going to have some highs as high as 96, 97 degrees, lows in the 60s. That's where it gets nice at night here in the month of September. Uh, but here we are. We've got one month, exactly one month to the day from the battle mayoral. Memphis will have a mayoral election on October 3rd. So we are about 30 days out and we've got controversy. Boy, do we have controversy. We've got Controversy over debates. Only two candidates have accepted an invitation to debate, so I think the debate is off. The debate is canceled. Willie Harrington will not debate. Therefore, Jim Strickland says, look, if it's not all the candidates, then we don't have a debate. So I'm not in if Willie's not in. So you don't have a debate. And so some people think you're just cheating Memphians out of seeing all the candidates side by side in order to make a choice in the battle mayoral. But we've also got another controversy over some racist caricatures that appeared on the cover of Memphis Magazine. We will get into that in a minute. We need to determine, were they racist or does it even matter? Just the suggestion that they're racist is enough to pull those magazines off the shelf. And what does Memphis Magazine have to say for itself after being accused of publishing racist caricatures of one or more candidates. Uh, we got a new study out there. Yeah, we like these new studies. I mean, there are studies about people who get tattoos, what kind of people get tattoos. It used to be only people who were involved in criminal activity got tattoos, or people in the military, or both. Uh, now, what does it say about your personality? That's one study that's out. The other one that, that caught my attention is this new study that, concludes that eating garbage can make you go blind. 
There's a kid who was blinded by French fries. Now, you would think that if you were blinded by French fries, it's when they were on their way into the fryer and you got grease in your eye and you're like, oh, I'm blind. No, no, no. Some young man, I'm assuming he's a man, uh, ate nothing but French fries and Pringles and now has gone blind. That's, that's alarming, is it? especially if you're somebody who subsists solely on French fries and Pringles. Uh, we've also got the news crews along with tons of other stories. Uh, there's a few storms out there we need to talk about. We're going to talk about Donald Trump's tweet storm over the Labor Day weekend. But uh, the, the big storm we need to talk about is Hurricane Dorian. Uh, when we left off on Friday, we were talking about Hurricane Dorian. It was on its way to Puerto Rico. Uh, it, it skated by Puerto Rico. Uh, that's good news for the Puerto Ricanos. However, uh, the Bahamas... Not such a good story for the Bahamas, because not only did Hurricane Dorian increase to a Category 5 storm, Category 5 hurricane, like uh, Hurricane Katrina, right? It also slowed down to a crawl and just camped out in the Bahamas for like 36 hours. All right. Now, that's, it's, it seems like a hurricane slowing down would be a good thing, but you got to think about you know, kind of like the, the Earth revolves and rotates. Right, the, the hurricane moves along a path, but the winds around the hurricane, they keep going upwards of 150, 160, 200 miles per hour. So when it slows down, it's just hanging out for longer, just whipping around and destroying stuff. And that's what it did for about a day and a half in the Bahamas, just pummeling parts of the Bahamas. Uh, the good news is, is that it's about done. The bad news is the wreckage that it left in its path. Uh, you're talking about buildings destroyed, uh, people hurt or missing, people stranded, flooding, no drinking water, a complete and total disaster in the Bahamas. Uh, now, Hurricane Dorian has been downgraded to a Category 2 storm, and it looks like the path is going to go up the East Coast. Florida and Georgia are still going to get some of the, they're going to get whipped by this hurricane. All right. It's category two. So again, not a category five. So it's going to go up the East coast. So they're, they're still evacuating parts of Florida and Georgia, the coastal areas, but it's going to go. And they think that it will hit as a category two storm in the Carolinas now uh, going up the coast. So could have been a lot worse. For Florida, but a lot of things can happen. It could pick up traction. It could, it could pick up strength. And it could change paths again. But they're saying now that it'll probably maybe hit the Carolinas by Thursday. And it'll be a Category 2 storm. Uh, the National Hurricane Center said it's continuing to produce wind gusts of up to 110 miles per hour at a storm surge of 10 to 15 feet with higher destructive waves. Uh, the current movement is northwest at two miles per hour with dangerous winds and life-threatening storm surge continuing to impact Grand Bahama Island. The hurricane, while losing some of the wind speed, is growing in size now. So its, it's reach is, is wider. Hurricane force winds now extend outward up to 60 miles from the center, while tropical storm force winds extend outward up to 175 miles. So, and you get your head around that, 
And it's it's easier to do when you got the visuals, when you can look on a map just to see how far these winds are going to whip around. So it's going to get the Florida coast, tropical storm force winds, maybe some hurricane force winds, and then Georgia and then up uh, to hit the Carolinas by Thursday. In the Bahamas, and if you've been on Twitter or if you've read the news, devastating images revealed the scope of the damage from the flooding uh, water that, that rose up into second stories of buildings. We are in the midst of a historic tragedy, Prime Minister Hubert Minnis said. The devastation is unprecedented and extensive. Uh, five people have died at least. 21 injured uh, were airlifted to the capital by the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, they, they received more than 2,000 distress messages from people stranded on roofs, you know, unable to get anywhere. So uh, real bad stuff in the Bahamas. And, and honestly, and I, I hate to even bring this up, the, the five casualties, that's a low number, and that's the number now that they know. Uh, I've got a really good family friend who is from the Bahamas, and she says that uh, her mom and sister are fine, but uh, they cannot find her uncle at this, at this time. Uh, so it's very real. Uh, affecting people, uh, folks missing, folks not able to communicate. So it's a pretty, pretty awful situation in the Bahamas. Uh, now, Florida's east coast is going to move in. Let's see, I guess tomorrow. This thing slowed down. We were talking on Friday about Hurricane Dorian hitting Florida on, on Monday, on Labor Day. Uh, but it's still not there. I mean, that, that's how slow... The storm is now just kind of crawling and waiting. But that's what's dangerous is because anything can happen. Now, all the models predict it's going to stay a Category 2. But you never know because this is Mother Nature and anything can, can change. Everything can change. But uh, hundreds of thousands of people in Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina were ordered to evacuate with South Carolina officials reversing all lanes of Interstate 26 from Charleston to head inland to say, no, you can't, you can't get in. If this is a one-way street, a one-way interstate, all lanes going out. So by Thursday night, it will be um, near or over North Carolina, the coast of North Carolina. So you're talking about the Outer Banks, Kill Devil Hills, or Kitty Hawk, uh, the OBX, the Outer Banks of North Carolina is going to take some of the, uh, the hurricane winds uh, by Thursday. So, look, you know, this is one of those deals where it changes. It change- I was getting notifications on my phone all weekend about Hurricane Dorian, and this is just hurricane season. I mean, we've seen hurricanes like this one uh, over and over now. The debate has been raging on. Donald Trump's response to Hurricane Dorian, he canceled a trip to Poland so he could monitor the hurricane, but then everybody's on him because he's playing golf. Look, I was doing a lot of stuff and still monitoring the hurricane. Over the weekend, I did a ton of things. I wasn't like in a command post, a command center. I got all the updates. I'm sure that the president has people keeping them briefed every hour on the, the progress of the storm. Uh, that said, if I were president, I would never golf. First of all, I don't enjoy golf all that much. I would just always stay in the, in the Oval Office. I'd be in my office. All right, I'm working. I'm the president. I'll be in my office 
7 a.m. to about 5 p.m. Go get something to eat, watch some TV, and just kind of be on call. Give me a pager or something. But I would never play golf. Because it doesn't matter if it's Donald Trump, it's President Obama, whatever it is. If something serious is going on in the world, and they're always going to say, well, all this serious stuff is happening. There's hurricanes, uh, ISIS cutting people's head off, whatever it is. Uh, President's golfing. As if the president playing golf shows that that's more important or he doesn't care. It's just, look, I, I never faulted Donald Trump for playing golf. I never faulted Barack Obama for playing golf. That said, never playing golf, ever. Four years, I can do four years with no golf. But that's, that's just it. That's how the, uh, the storm gets politicized. Of course, now you know everybody's saying, oh, it's climate change. And since Donald Trump's been president, the climate has changed and the hurricanes are worse somehow because of Donald Trump. And we've got to do something about this. We've got to pass some hurricane legislation. We've got to stop the rise of the oceans. That kind of thing. Sounds all so familiar, doesn't it? All right, coming up in a little bit, how you can be blinded by french fries. I didn't know this, but there's a study, actually a case study, an actual case of a young man going blind because of his poor diet. Uh, also, uh, not only Hurricane Dorian, but Donald Trump's tweet storm over the weekend. Uh, but coming up next, we're getting into the Battle Mayor Al. Uh, October 3rd, the Battle Mayor Al. Memphis will either stick with Jim Strickland or elect one of the challengers. But now there's controversy over debates and racist caricatures. That's coming up next right here in the Nation of Jake. All right, welcome back. Yes, have some. The Nation of Jake on The Voice, FM 107.9 AM 990, online, kwamthevoice.com. Streaming live on YouTube, the YouTube channel, Nation of Jake, one word, Nation of Jake. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your folks and your friends all about the Nation of Jake. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, at Nation of Jake. So anywhere you go, Look out for the nation of Jake. All right, so October 3rd is the Battle Mayoral. One month from today. So this is like the home stretch. You know, we talk about how much money these candidates have raised. Uh, the last time that was reported, uh, Jim Strickland, the mayor. Mayor! Mr. Strickland! Had a million dollars. A million dollars to spend on whatever he wanted. Campaign ads, radio ads, TV, digital Robo calls. I don't know what the most effective way to get people to vote for you is, but Jim Strickland, I think, has done a good job of getting out in the community. You know, he's shaking all the hands he can, he's kissed all the babies, he's done all of it. You know, one thing he doesn't do is go and 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 say things that are inflammatory. You know, he doesn't go out and and try to get all that earned media. You know, he's very he's very laid back. He just sends things out on the Twitter, Facebook page, newsletters. You know, he's not always jumping in front of parades and jumping in front of cameras. All right. But there are other guys who have to. Uh, There are other contenders who have to rely on that earned media coverage. Willie Harrington is one of them. You know, he's he's the kind of guy who's going to have a press conference. He has a press conference because he has something to say. And when Willie Harrington has a press conference, the press shows up, and he knows he can do that. Uh, So that's the way he goes and does it, and he's got to. He's short stack. 
He doesn't have as much money as Jim Strickland. Tammy Sawyer does not have as much money as Jim Strickland. So she does stuff like invites CNN contributors like April Ryan to town to speak on her behalf, who in turn, April Ryan calls Jim Strickland a racist. She says, yeah, he's a Dixiecrat and he's a racist. Even though Jim Strickland has never done anything racist, he's the one who cut a deal with Van Turner to have the Confederate monuments taken down. He's been a longtime Democrat. He was the head of the Shelby County Democrat Party. Uh, he's, he's not a Trump guy. He happens to be a big old soft white guy. Big old tall, big white guy. White guy, you know, that's it. That, that's really it. I mean, April Ryan called him a racist because he's a white guy. Okay, so we've got a couple of things, a couple of controversies with regards to the battle mayoral. Uh, I wonder where we should start. Let's start with the racist caricatures on Memphis Magazine. All right, I've never read Memphis Magazine. I've seen Memphis Magazine. I've seen it. I've seen Memphis Magazine. I know that it exists. I've seen RSVP Magazine. I know that one exists. I know that Earl has a magazine called For Memphis Magazine, which is different than Memphis Magazine. I don't read any of those magazines. No offense to any of the publishers. No offense to my good friend Earl. I'm just not into magazines about Memphis. All right, well, there is one. Memphis Magazine. They had a cover on the September issue. All right, and this cover featured caricatures of the three candidates we just spoke about. The incumbent Jim Strickland, Willie Harrington, the challenger and former mayor, Willie Harrington, and Tammy Sawyer. All right, now the cover of that magazine has been pulled off the shelves. Not just the cover, but the entire magazine. Memphis Magazine halted distribution of the September issue after receiving fierce criticism over the edition's cover. The cover illustration features caricatures of mayoral candidates Tammy Sawyer, Willie Harrington, and Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland. Many who shared the image on social media Friday said the depiction of Sawyer is racist. The depiction of Sawyer is racist, not the depiction of Willie Harrington or Jim Strickland. But the one of Sawyer is racist. Uh, being a print publication, a certain number of copies already exist out in the world. We have, however, halted newsstand distribution of the September issue to as many retail locations as possible. That is uh, Anna Traverse, the CEO of Contemporary Media, the parent company of Memphis Magazine. All right. In response to the criticism, the magazine on Saturday wrote, in publishing that cover, we were following a long-standing satirical tradition. It was not our intention to demean any of the candidates or to satirize one more than the other, but we are sympathetic to the perceptions our readers have shared. We regret and apologize for any pain this caricature of public figures has caused. Now, Tammy Sawyer shared her reaction to the caricature on Saturday. She says the caricature, reminiscent of Jim Crow era cartoons historically used to demean and demoralize African Americans, Printed on the cover is both insulting and hurtful and represents a false view of how I am seen by my community. That is Sawyer in a tweet. Uh, Harrington said he was not surprised by the cartoon. He says, I've been the subject of these deplorable cartoons throughout my career. Uh, Strickland, Jim Strickland, 
sent a statement to the Commercial Appeal saying this kind of imagery is divisive and doesn't have a place in our city's politics. I hope in the future everyone will be more careful to consider the hurtful nature that images and words can convey. All right, well, the caricatures on Memphis Magazine, I will say this about them. I don't know that they were racist, but I do know they were awful. They were poorly executed caricatures. They're just bad. They didn't look like the people. You knew because of context who these people were supposed to be. Uh, Willie Harrington's character was not flattering. It looked like somebody had drawn sloth from the Goonies as a carving of a potato. They made Willie Harrington's head look like a potato head. Which you could say his head kind of looks like a potato. But that said, it was just a bad caricature. Poorly executed. Jim Strickland's wasn't flattering either. They just made him look like a, a big, fat goofball. All right, with Tammy Sawyer's caricature, I don't know if it was racist, but they made her look real ugly. They made her look just... just it, was, it was a bad caricature and... You know, forget the fact that you're talking about, you know, caricatures that have a history to demean and demoralize. And she's right. I mean, there's some really ugly cartoons from way back, Jim Crow era, that's aim was to do that. I don't know if the aim of this cartoon was to do that, but man, it was not a flattering picture of Tammy Sawyer. It wasn't a picture of her. It wasn't. If you had taken that caricature out of context, like just take take the other two out. Like just cut out the caricature of Tammy Sawyer, and you showed it to me and said, "Hey, who is this supposed to be?" I would have no idea because it didn't look like her. You know, drawing caricatures is is an art. You know, you got the guy out at the Delta Fair or whatever. He's going to draw a caricature. The guy out in New York, a street guy who, who draws caricatures. Some are good, some are bad. Um, Sometimes I mean, capturing. The soul of somebody in a caricature is tough to do. And so when you just draw some sort of generic kind of, yeah, it kind of looks like the person. It's just that kind of archetype, whatever it is. Oh, yeah, I drew a, a bigger, fuller-figured black woman, and it's supposed to be Tammy Sawyer. That is offensive. That kind of plays into the, oh, all black people look the same kind of bit. It, it, it's, it was bad. It was just straight up. Terrible. Didn't look like her, number one. Did not capture the likeness. And also there's this. You have to be careful when you're drawing women. And this is not sexist. I'm not saying all oh, because, because if, you, if you miss, if you take a swing at a caricature of a woman and you miss, it's not good. It's awful. It's always bad. So pretty, pretty goofy move on part of Memphis Magazine. I mean, if you just looked at it, that A, doesn't look like her. Uh, B, it just looks pretty bad. It just looks awful. It's unflattering. And it was unflattering to all of the candidates. I mean, when you look at it as a whole, unflattering to all the candidates, but there's a difference. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting how we can, we can slice it up. Nobody's really saying that the caricature of Willie Harrington is racist. When Willie Harrington jumps in and says, oh, yeah, this has been done. 
This has been done to me over and over again. But, but it kind of it looked like him. Like you could tell out of context who that was supposed to be. Maybe that's because he's such a prominent figure in town. Uh, Jim Strickland's looks a lot like him. I mean, it's not flattering, but it does. You can tell who that is. Oh, that's Jim Strickland. But with the Tammy Sawyer one, it just looked awful. Like it didn't, it didn't capture it. it there's a way to do it. There's a, way, a talented cartoonist. A talented artist, somebody who does this for a living. Oh, they could they could easily, easily. She she has she has features that you could accentuate. You say, oh yeah, that's her. Just as does Willie Harrington, as does Jim Strickland. But man, they missed the mark on this one. And so yes, out of context, if you looked at it, A didn't look like her. B, it could fit in with an old cartoon from the Jim Crow era that. That was meant, but I don't think I don't think it was meant to do that. But that said, sometimes it doesn't matter what you're meant to do. You know, the whole intentional fallacy. Just, hey, the art speaks for itself, regardless of what you intended or not. Bad move, bad art. Caricature is supposed to capture the soul and look like an exaggeration of that person. It is just ugly. Just not pleasing to the eye. So I, I, I agree. Pull it. Uh, whoever, whoever had the final say on that, they should answer for it. Um, honestly, it was, it was, I think, equally unflattering all the way around. But that's one of the controversies right now. But, but, I, don't, but I don't think Memphis Magazine has it out for Tammy Sawyer. I don't know who runs Memphis Magazine other than there's a parent company called Contemporary Media. I don't, I don't think they've got any kind of axe to grind with Tammy Sawyer. But, but if somebody had drawn me that way, didn't look like me, was offensive, I'd say, yeah, this is pretty awful. No, that's not, that's not representative of me and how I'm viewed. So uh, I, I do not agree with her politically on anything. But at the same time, you know, I, I, that would probably upset me. I got, I got no beef with her beef on this. Uh, just awful, awful work. Terrible, if I'm being a critic, which I am. Uh, the other thing is this, the controversy with the battle mayoral. Debates. You know, we're supposed to have a debate on Channel 5. You know, Joe Birch moderating the debate. Uh, the CA was getting involved. They're going to have it down at U of M. But Willie Harrington won't get involved. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to debate. So Jim Strickland, he's saying, look, if Willie's not in, I'm not in. It's not a real debate unless all the major candidates are in. And Tammy Sawyer and LaMichael Wilson are over there going, yeah, yeah, we want to debate, but these guys won't debate us. So it's turned into Jim Strickland's afraid to debate. I, I doubt that Jim Strickland's afraid to debate because if you, if you want to look at a debate and what it'll do, who benefits the most? Uh, those who are less visible. I mean, Jim Strickland does not have to appear on a debate stage with anybody. He's, he's got the war chest. He's got the million dollars. He's got the name recognition. He's the incumbent. He's got the advantage. And he probably also knows that if he goes and agrees to debate, essentially against Tammy Sawyer, that she's going to do what she had April Ryan do when April Ryan came in town, and that's call him racist. So I'm kind of with Strickland on this one, whereas I would love to see a debate. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have the audio and talk about the debate here on this program. Jim Strickland is doing the calculus, saying, eh, it's not going to pay off for me to debate you. I elevate you to my level, and then I just have you hammer on me 
and call me a racist, which is not true. So, no, if Willie's not going to debate, then I'm not going to debate. And we just won't have one. And you can sit there and complain that the city of Memphis and the people and the citizens, they deserve a debate to see all the candidates side by side. You can say that all day long, but why would you, why would you agree to give your challengers who are already struggling with, with the fundraising and whatnot, trying to earn that media, why would you give them that gift? I wouldn't do it either. So I think it's a pretty smart move by Jim Strickland. I don't think anybody really thinks that he is afraid of Tammy Sawyer or LaMichael Wilson in this battle mayoral, which is a month away. Just a month. It's gaining on us. All right, coming up in a few minutes, I've got some thoughts on Memphis versus Ole Miss. Not so much as what happened on the field, but what happened before Something that uh, the next mayor, whether it's Jim Strickland or Tammy Sawyer, Willie Harrington, needs to pay attention to. Ah, but how about French fries making you go blind? That's right. She blinded me with French fries. That's next right here in the Nation of Jake. Welcome back. Yes, have some. It's the Nation of Jake on The Voice FM 107.9 AM 990. Online, kwamthevoice.com. Streaming live on YouTube, Nation of Jake on YouTube and on Facebook and on the Twitter. Anywhere you go on the internet, Nation of Jake is me except, except the one place. There's a little bastard kid who stole my name and logo. And he uses it on the YouTube, and you can tell which one's me and which one's him. But, man, that kid, probably the kind of kid whose parents have to cook him his own meal. You know? It's so, it's so funny, man. I got two girls, ages seven and five. All right? And I'm raising them very differently from how I was raised. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm on them all the time. You know, I'm the one... Uh, making their their lunches, you know, I, I feed them a good bit of the time. I get to spend a lot of time with my kids, and and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong; I'm not complaining right now. That said, when I was a kid, we didn't know a whole lot about food. I mean, when I say we, I mean me. I, I didn't know. I saw something was 99% fat free. I'm like, oh, this is good for you. It's Spaghettios. They're 99% fat free. I can eat these all day, every day. No problem, right? And as a kid, you don't really think about that stuff. You eat garbage. You eat a lot of it. A lot of garbage. But you're running around all the time. You're burning calories. So nobody really figures uh, you're really doing any harm. Now, I I watched this show called My Strange Addiction one time. Uh, Hold on. That's in a minute. I say that about my kids because I got them eating pretty healthy. My wife and I have done a good job of making sure they eat vegetables. They're not eating a whole lot of sugar. And people kind of look at me with a side eye like, look, you're not going to let your kids have a lot of sugar. They're going to want it real bad later, and you're screwing them up. No, that's not true. I want them to know what food is good for you and what food is not that good for you. And I don't deprive them of everything. They have French fries every now and again. We'll go to Huey's. They'll have French fries. But they don't have french fries every time they eat, all right? And when we, when we cook at home, the kids eat what we eat. They eat food that we cook for the family. What we don't do is, is make their own meals for them, like make, make them their own separate meals because they're so picky. Like I know kids whose parents will make 
a nice pork tenderloin. And then for the kids, the kids are eating chicken nuggets and French fries. Like every night, all right? So that, that brings me to, you know, people who never learn how to eat. I was watching this episode of My Strange Addiction. This, there was a guy who was like 25 years old, and all he had ever eaten was French fries. He, he couldn't eat other foods. He would gag if you try to give him broccoli like a, like, a little, like a little kid. This is like a 25, 30-year-old man, and all he ate was French fries. That's all he could do. So they called it My Strange Addiction, but this guy just, he liked French fries, and it's all he wanted to eat. All right, and I've always thought about that. Like, this guy looked normal. He'd go out and skateboard, and then they did some blood work, and they said, hey, your level of you know, whatever this is is really high or low, depending on which one was worse. And said, hey, you're rotting from the inside out because all you eat is French fried potatoes, sir. And so I remember this episode thinking to myself, yeah, you need to eat better. You know, because at the time, I was about the same age when I saw this. It's like, I need to eat better. So I do. I eat better now. I don't eat a lot of processed sugar. I don't eat a lot of starches and all that kind of stuff. And then I read today about this, this young man who went blind eating French fries. Now, I've just been contacted by a medical professional that says French fries do not cause blindness, but eating nothing but French fries can cause blindness. All right, so we've got a new study out. Um, eating a diet of French fries, Pringles, and white bread was enough to make one teenage boy lose his sight, according to a case study published in a medical journal. Scientists from the University of Bristol examined the case of a young patient whose extremely picky eating led to blindness and have warned against the dangers of a poor diet. Not only can a poor diet make your teeth fall out, make you fat, make you weak and unattractive, and also make you blind. Good Lord. The unidentified patient told doctors he had only eaten French fries from the fish and chip shop, along with Pringles, potato chips, white bread, slices of processed ham and sausage since elementary school. He avoided foods with certain textures. He first visited a doctor at age 14, complaining of tiredness, according to the case report. He wasn't taking any medication, had a normal BMI and height, and showed no visible signs of malnutrition. But doctors discovered low vitamin B12 levels and anemia, treating the patient with vitamin B12 injections and offering dietary advice. One year later, there were signs of hearing loss and vision symptoms but doctors did not find the cause. His vision had worsened to the point of blindness by 17 years old. Doctors identified vitamin B12 deficiency, low copper and selenium levels, a high zinc level, reduced vitamin D level and bone level density. That's according to a statement from the University of Bristol. By this stage, the vision damage was permanent. Researchers from Bristol Medical School and the Bristol Eye Hospital examined the case and concluded the patient suffered nutritional optic neuropathy, a dysfunction of the optic nerve. Uh, essentially, you've deprived yourself of all the good stuff that food has to offer by insisting that you only want to eat French fries. Oh, what did this kid get? Let's see. This all happened by age 17. French fries, Pringles, white bread, slices of processed ham and sausage. So this kid was like subsisting on French fries and Lunchables. Like his first doctor's visit was age 14. Um, can you blame the kid? You got to kind of blame the parents. 
don't you? I mean, the, the parents are feeding the kid. They're, they're allowing him to only eat French fries and Pringles, and now he's blind. That is, that is unbelievable because I know, I know people eat like this. I know kids who eat candy. They eat candy all the time or French fries or trash or garbage, stuff that's processed, stuff that comes in a cellophane bag or fast food. They just eat garbage all day long, and they're going to go blind. It's unreal. So, oh, yeah, maybe mix in a salad, mix in some uh, broccoli every now and again, maybe some of that spinach. Isn't it amazing that the best dietary advice you could get was from an old Popeye cartoon from, like, the 40s? Strong to the spinach because I eat my spinach. Spinach is one of the best things. Spinach and meat, man. That's all you need. Spinach, meat, some protein bars with the sugar alcohol that gives you gas. Man, that's what I'm running on right now. That's the fuel that keeps the nation of Jake going every day. So, yeah, French fries and Pringles and white bread. Uh, Essentially, it's all sugar is really what you're getting down to. That all just turns to sugar in your system, and it's going to blind you. So uh, mix it up a little bit. Diversify your diet. All right, coming up, uh, Memphis game. Memphis Ole Miss. Memphis with the big win. A lot of gnashing of teeth on part of the Rebel faithful. Uh, That said... We need to do better about what happened before the game. All right, not during the game. Game looked great. Tigers looked great. But before the game, this is something that our elected officials need to get on. I'll tell you what, next right here, The Nation of Jake. Welcome back to it. Yes, have some. The Nation of Jake on The Voice, FM 107.9 AM 990. All right, so Memphis Tigers, football is back. Big win, 15-10 over Ole Miss at the Liberty Bowl on Saturday. Uh, Great result. The game itself, there's just just some question marks about the old Tigers. All right, the defense was awesome. Did a great job. Got some questions about the quarterback situation. Also some questions about... Mayor Strickland's decision not to have MPD out there uh, doing anything about the traffic. Uh, If you were in traffic getting down to the Tigers game on Saturday and you were, say, on the south side of the Liberty Bowl on Southern, you may have been in traffic for two-plus hours just from a Highland down to early Maxwell. You may have been because I talked to somebody who was. uh, My father who has some season tickets and often invites me to the games to attend with him. Uh, I got to the Liberty Bowl. I sat down in my seat at 1030 for an 11 o'clock kickoff, and Pops wasn't there. And I was like, this is unlike my dad. My dad's always like in his seat like 45 minutes before the game starts so he can watch the teams warm up. He's really into Tiger football, okay? And so when I got there at 1030, Dad's not there. I'm looking up, like, just waiting for him to walk down. I get to thinking to myself, oh, my God, did my parents get murdered on the way? Because there's no way he wouldn't already be here. Turns out he got to Highland and Southern at 9.30 a.m., and he didn't get into the stadium until the end of the first quarter. So it was like 11.30, two-plus hours in traffic from Highland down to the Liberty Bowl with – No support traffic-wise from MPD. Come on, guys! 
for it. That's what I'm talking about, Jake. I've worked in the private sector. They expect results. Welcome to the Nation of Jake on The Voice, KWAM, FM 107.9 and AM 990. Welcome back to it. Yes, have some. The Nation of Jake on The Voice, FM 107.9, AM 990, online, kwamthevoice.com. Streaming live on YouTube, the YouTube channel, Nation of Jake. That's one word, Nation of Jake. Nation of Jake. And follow me on Facebook and on Twitter at Nation of Jake. All right, talking about the battle mayoral coming up in a month. Big story locally, Memphis Magazine had to pull all the issues of the September edition off the shelves because of this racist caricature of Tammy Sawyer. Not a racist caricature of Willie Harrington. He was also caricatured, but his caricature, for whatever reason, isn't as racist as the one of Tammy Sawyer. I will say this about those caricatures on Memphis Magazine. They were all bad, all terrible. And I cannot believe that the editor, board of editors, whoever's in charge of saying, yep, that's good to do, looked at it and said, yeah, this this wouldn't be causing any problems. I don't see it causing problems at all. Now, I have no doubt that no matter how you caricatured Tammy Sawyer, that she would find fault with it. You could have had a great Simpsons-level cartoon of Tammy Sawyer, and she would have somehow found a way to call someone racist over it. That said, I think she's got a case here. Because the caricature was not only bad, and because it did not look like her, it also did remind you of the... Jim Crow era cartoons that that she says it does. So listen, I'm I have no beef with her getting upset with this unflattering caricature, and all of them were unflattering. All of them were awful. Now this is a candidate for mayor who invited Angela Rye, a CNN contributor. I I misspoke earlier. I said it was April Ryan. That's that's not diff, different person. Very similar sounding names. Uh, Angela Rye came in town stumping for. Tammy Sawyer, not not sure what Angela Rye has to do with Memphis or knows about Memphis's history. Uh, and, and her whole play was to call Jim Strickland a racist. Even though Jim Strickland is not racist, uh, Jim Strickland is a guy who has been a Democrat for a long time. He's never had any policies that were racist. This guy was the head of the Shelby County Democrats. He was a city councilman and a Democrat. Uh, but Tammy Sawyer's whole game is to call everyone racist, and then try to tie white people to Donald Trump. Uh, just basically because uh, what whiteness represents in 2019. Uh, whiteness is the foundation for evil, depending on who you ask. So, look, I mean, on one hand, I get it with the caricatures being unflattering. Not a good idea by any means. Uh, but then on the other hand, Tammy Sawyer's whole deal is to call people racist. It's just kind of a, the only play in her playbook. Uh, if she has a whole book of plays, I would be surprised because there's only one. It's probably just a sheet folded up in her back pocket like I used to do with my homework. And, and in, on that sheet, uh, I, would, I would fold it up, and when I unfolded it, it would say, do homework. That was it. Like it was, and there was probably a piece of gum stuck in it, like from Better Off Dead, do homework. It might get done, it might not, but 
That's it. That's the only play I had was to do it. All right. So over the weekend, a lot of monitoring of Hurricane Dorian going on. No matter where you were, you're at a cookout for Labor Day, you're at the Tigers game. Took you three hours to get down to the Tigers game because there was no traffic control whatsoever. No MPD, no Shelby County officers, nobody was helping out with the traffic on the way to Liberty Bowl. So you were probably sitting there in a standstill on your phone getting hurricane updates. Now, Hurricane Dorian, it went all the way up to Category 5 and then pounded the crap out of the Bahamas for a while, about 36 hours of hell for those people, which is awful devastation in the Grand Bahaman Islands. Uh, So now it's moving on at a very slow pace. It has weakened. It's at Category 2 now, and it's, it's, gonna, it's not going to spare Florida completely, but the southeastern United States, they're going to get a lot less than they thought, it being a Category 2 storm, and also it's, it's going up. It's moving northward. So it's going to whip them a little bit, but it's not going to be that full-on, you know, full-force direct hit on Florida. They're still saying evacuate if you can. You're Jacksonville. You're on the Florida's, uh, the Space Coast, they call it, up into Savannah, Georgia, uh, St. Simon Islands, uh, places like that. They're saying uh, Thursday, it's supposed to hit North Carolina, and that's the, the outer banks of North Carolina. Kill Devil Hills, which is the most metal-sounding place, I think, ever. Kill Devil Hills. They got a big metal concert there some, sometime, not too long ago. Uh, so, also over the weekend... There was another storm, not just Hurricane Dorian, but there was a tweet storm by President Donald Trump. And this is one of the things I do not like about Donald Trump is he felt, feels compelled to tweet everything. And, and I get it. Like, I, I get it. He's, he's adversarial towards the media and the media to him. And his Twitter account is his direct line to the people. But what it turns into is... Uh, news in and of itself like the he, he thinks he's getting around the media by tweeting directly to the people but it just turns into the media covering his tweets and it it just becomes like this i don't know catch 22 uh dog chasing his tail just never ending weird self-reflexive joke uh we have president trump Tweeted more than 100 times over the three-day weekend. So what do you do? Are you enjoying your Labor Day weekend? Donald Trump is tweeting. Many of the presidential tweets were focused on the dangerous storm, Hurricane Dorian, though the president, who split his time between the White House and his Virginia golf club in Camp David, also focused his ire on the media and some celebrity critics. So he had enough tweets for everybody. Donald Trump is like, look, this website is free. Twitter's free. So if you want some, come get some. I'm just going to go ahead and tweet at anybody and everybody who irks me, anybody who, who criticizes me, and also this hurricane is getting most of my tweets. But, hey, while I'm on Twitter tweeting about the hurricane, you want some Alyssa Milano? Let's go. You want some James Comey? Come on. You want some Will and Grace? I got you too. So what Donald Trump doesn't get is that Dog barking at the moon is not a story till the moon barks back. And he's always barking back at the dog. So, uh, as we go on, Trump tweeted Sunday 
that South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama were likely to be hit by Dorian, a message that might have caused some confusion since the storm was too far east to affect Alabama. Uh, The National Weather Service in Birmingham quickly refuted the president's tweet with one of its own. Then, the president later criticized ABC News anchor John Carl over a report that references inaccurate forecasts. Okay, so just to illustrate how silly all of this is, Donald Trump tweets that this storm could affect South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama. So he was wrong about Alabama being affected by Hurricane Dorian. Somebody has to come out and go, actually, it will not affect Alabama. The president's a moron. And so there's a report. Now now there's a story. Now, it can't just be that Donald Trump errantly threw Alabama in there, thinking that all Florida and Alabama are close together, even though it's over on the west side and it won't get hit by the hurricane. He threw Alabama in there. The guys from Alabama, Birmingham, are saying, no, actually, Alabama's safe. We're clear. Can't in there. An ABC News reporter has to report that Donald Trump tweeted something that was incorrect. Donald Trump does not like being corrected. So he tweets at, at John Carl over there at ABC, uh, always good to be prepared, but the fake news is only interested in de- demeaning and belittling. Didn't play my whole sentence or statement. Bad people. Trump's barb against Carl was one of several to target the media. The president lavished praise on Fox News host Sean Hannity and lashed out at New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. He derided the Washington Post after the paper published a report that recounted the controversies that dotted his summer. Our real opponent is not the Democrats or the dwindling number of Republicans that lost their way and got left behind. Our primary opponent is the fake news media. Trump tweeted Monday, in the history of our country, they've never been so bad. The tweets about the media far outnumbered the ones about the latest mass shooting that left seven dead and more than 20 injured on Saturday. Trump tweeted twice about the violence in West Texas, once to note he'd been briefed on the matter and again to thank law enforcement. Uh, The president gave more extended remarks about the shooting at the top of a hurricane briefing on Sunday, again praising first responders and expressing sympathy for the victims. Right now, the media is breaking down and organizing all Donald Trump's tweets like they have probably a pie chart. How many of Donald Trump's tweets focus on the media? You got a nice, big, healthy slice of pizza there, don't you? How many focus on the mass shootings? A little tiny donated to charity slice on the old pie chart. So, I mean, this has become a fixation for the media and for everybody. Oh, how many of Donald Trump's targeted celebrities? Uh, Oh, here we got. Trump tweeted or retweeted nearly 10 messages about former FBI Director James Comey from Saturday morning through Monday, seizing on an internal Department of Justice report that Comey had violated the Bureau's policies. That was the Comey story from last week. The president also targeted Deborah Messing. That's right, TV's Grace from Will & Grace. After the actress called for the names and donors attending a Trump fundraiser later this month to be made public. Ah, that's right. Deborah Messing from Will and Grace, and I don't think has done much since. She wants to pretty much blacklist or blackball anybody in Hollywood who is supporting Donald Trump. 
Trump tweets about Deborah Messing. I've not forgotten that when it was announced I was going to do The Apprentice, and when it became a big hit, helping NBC's failed lineup greatly, Deborah Messing came to me up front and profusely thanked me, even calling me sir. How times have changed. Hmm. How, how they have changed indeed. Oh, so, you know, Trump is, is tweeting like never before, or pretty much as he always has, and it becomes its own story. Oh, Trump tweet storm dominates presidential weekend. And it's, it's fair uh, to cover it. Uh, no president before has tweeted like this. In fact, Twitter, I don't think, was even really a thing until President Obama was elected. And he was very measured in his use of Twitter. It was always, you know, prepared statements and whatnot tweeted out from the POTUS account, which belongs to the occupant of the Oval Office. It doesn't, it, it doesn't follow anybody around. But, but Donald Trump tweets mostly from his real Donald Trump account and not the president, official president account. So, I mean, you know, with this day and age, with social media, the lines are very blurry. You know, we, we don't expect to see this kind of stuff out of a president, uh, basically because there's never really been the venue for it. I guess you know, President Obama could have done this kind of stuff. And when he would, he would you know, tweet non-president stuff, it was all, you know, basketball or, or, or music, you know, what's on... What's on uh, President Obama's playlist? Just stuff like that. It's just Donald Trump. He feels like uh, the media attacks him, so he's got to take it straight to the people. And I get it. Now, there's a new research conducted by the Bank of America. Now, this is this is very surprising. <laughs> Trump's tweets hurt stocks. Research finds. Oh yeah, you had to have some sort of some sort of study to know that Donald Trump's tweets affect the stock market. Uh, the more the president tweets, the worse the stock market performs, says Bank of America. They found a number of the tweets Trump sends in a single day directly correlates with market performance. Since 2016, days with more than 35 tweets from Trump have seen negative returns with a nine-point basis point drag. Nine basis point drag, whatever that means. However... Days with less than five tweets or fewer than five tweets, if this was proofread, have seen positive returns with a five basis point boost, which is a a statistically significant number. Uh, When the president tweets, he frequently shares economic policy proposals, excuse me, Jesus, like his suggestion that last week that he's once again flirting with the idea of indexing capital gains to inflation, but also criticizes both the Federal Reserve and his chairman, Jerome Powell. So. He often tweets about the economy, and these tweets, they have a, an effect on the market. Or the market does what it wants because the investor class does what it wants, and then they go back and they justify what they did with the president's tweets because they have this reason, because they can. They can make it up. They can just point to it like, hey, hey. Well, yeah, it's because he tweeted that we decided to go sell high and make millions. No, you, you decided to go sell high and make millions or billions because that's what you do. Because you buy low and sell high. Because you decided you wanted to cash in and make a bunch of money and then wait for the prices to go down and then go buy more. That's, that's really why the stock market goes up and down. Uh, and then they, they retroactively go and say, well, Donald Trump said he was going to do this with the tariffs. And so that kind of freaked us out. So we got out of the market. 
Now, you wouldn't get out of the market unless you were just going to make a bunch of money. So, yes, it says here, U.S. economic policy uncertainty is contributing to a three-year high in stock market volatility as well. Oh, so there's this other this other reason. So how about correlation and not causation? Uh, that said, um, it, it, Donald Trump's tweets affect a lot of things. I mean, his, his tweets affect the coverage of what? His tweets. And then thus the coverage of him. And then he'll tweet more about the coverage of his tweets. And it's just a cycle. And it just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. All right, coming up in a little bit, we've got the news crews, all the latest headlines. Uh, also, what's going on at the Delta Fair? A little bit of an incident over the weekend, and what are they doing to straighten it out? We'll talk about it next right here in the Nation of Jake. All right, welcome back. Yes, have some. The Nation of Jake on The Voice, FM 107.9 AM 990, online, KWAM The Voice. Com. Yes, have some. Streaming live on the YouTube. YouTube channel, Nation of Jake. One word, Nation of Jake. Run that all together. Also on Facebook and Twitter. Who's playing the Delta Fair? Do we know? Do we know what the band lineup is? I have to look it up. A couple years ago, the band Filter played. It was fantastic, man. You go out and watch a band like Filter. You know, early 90s, you know, big radio songs. That song, Take a Picture, really blew up in the late 90s. They had that song, Hey Man, Nice Shot. And they were, they were heavier, kind of an industrial uh, metal kind of sound uh, was Filter. Just that kind of alternative metal. Not a band you would normally see at the Delta Fair, but they were there. And it was cool. Because you can go out for 10 bucks, go watch a band like that, you know all the songs. And you th- the thing about Delta Fair is you got to go out there, like with anywhere else you go, and you got you to watch yourself, be vigilant anytime big groups of people get together. This is true. Anywhere you go, I want everybody to know this. No matter where you go, what fair, what festival you go to, whether it was the Mid-South Fair back at the Unfair Grounds back in the day, or the new Mid-South Fair that's in North Mississippi somewhere, or the Delta Fair, wherever it is, there's going to be some people out there to cause trouble. And that's not to say that if you go there, you're in any kind of danger. But no matter where you go, I go to the grocery store, I'm always looking over my shoulder. It doesn't matter wherever you go. You take a risk anywhere and everywhere, okay? Uh, that said, I encourage you to go to the Delta Fair, have some fun. I don't know if Filter's playing. I don't know what bands are playing. But I do know this. Fantastic place to go get a funnel cake or some sort of big beef sandwich. Watch some people. Watch some other people play the fair games. And also, you know, ride some rides. Just make sure that the guy who is attending the ride is is attentive, that he's paying attention, all right? Just like with anything, man. You can have a great time at these things, or you can get a little careless and end up getting stampeded, all right? And and I I only bring that up because this is in the news. This is something that's happening. This is not a reflection of of the fine people. I I know a few of the people who work over there and run the old Delta Fair, but unfortunately, there was a situation on Saturday night there were shots fired, and when there are shots fired, like any crowded place you go to, Beale Street, we see this all the time. We see a crowded place. Somebody decides to fire off a couple rounds. People get scared, and they start to uh, stampede. There was a woman who was trampled. Uh, she's, she seems to be okay now. She went to Regional Medical Center's trauma unit. She was in critical condition. 
and placed on a ventilator uh, on Tuesday. That would be today. There's an update saying she's taken off the ventilator and she's talking. All right. We have Norman Frisbee says he and his wife were leaving the Delta Fair Saturday night. Things took a drastic turn. He said, my wife and I were fixing to leave. We were holding hands. All of a sudden, we heard shots fired. He immediately moved to get her to safety, but the crowds, so a wave of people, took over. And she was, she was knocked over, her head at the ground, blood coming from her ears. Took, like, took a nasty spill. And so that's just pandemonium. All right, so now the, the guys at the Delta Fair are increasing security. Right, look, you, you don't want to have to wand everybody who comes into the Delta Fair. Maybe just, you know, randomly pick them out every 10th person, whatever it is, and as a measure of safety. But now they are deciding, no, we're going to clamp down. We need to make sure that this doesn't happen uh, anymore. The Delta Fair is seeing increased security as the Shelby County Sheriff's Office investigates uh, the shooting on the fairgrounds Saturday night. Uh, the Shelby County Sheriff's Office says no one was injured. Well, there was at least one person injured we know of. Um, the Delta Fair Director of Safety and Emergency Services, Matt Snyder, says this did happen and the response time was measured in seconds. All right, so the security at the fair and also Shelby County Sheriff's Office taking care of things over there. Um, they, they've, they've changed their policies now. They will wand everyone at the gate rather than just do random checks of people coming in, which is a shame, isn't it? I mean, there was a time, I was actually talking to my pops about this earlier today. As a little kid, as a little kid, he would go to the Mid-South Fair and he'd just go to the fair and nobody messed with you. Nobody at all. You just walked over to the fair as a you know, five, six, seven-year-old kid. And that used to, this is the world, isn't it? You know, I talked to older folks, you know, get on a bus, Get a couple of bus transfers all around town, all over town. And nobody mess with you. But now nobody would think of letting, you know, children unattended run around at the Mid-South Fair, Delta Fair, whatever fair it is. I, I don't know about you. I don't, I don't let my kids out of my sight. I don't. My kids are either seven and five. Sometimes they want to go down to the cove and ride their bikes. And I'm like, nah, nah, you don't want to do that. No, I really do, Dad. I want to go ride my bike. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just, it, I'm going to convince you you don't want to do that. But finally, after they just pound on me and pound on me about riding their bikes, I'm like, fine, I'll go down there with you. They're like, you don't have to go. I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You're going to be in a cove, which is a street. And I don't need some punk 16-year-old texting and driving, running you over. I just, that's not something that I need today. Okay, so I'll go outside, work up a butt sweat, watching my kids ride their bike around the cove. Now, look, a lot of people, they sort of say, yep, Memphis, oh, that's just the way it is. Can't go anywhere. Can't go to the fair. You'll get trampled or you get shot. It's not true. And it's not just Memphis either. No, what's, what's another place? You know, like the big fairs across the country. No, Iowa State Fair, you know, talking about that a few weeks ago with all the presidential candidates. They have that in the summertime. All the presidential candidates go out there and they, they eat food on a stick. And they get unflattering photos taken of them. How about the Minnesota State Fair? That's a big one. Have the big old twine ball in Minnesota. Don't they have it like near there? Mm. Biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Check this out. Three people were shot and a pedestrian was hit by a vehicle during a chaotic night outside the main gates of the Minnesota State Fair. So these things will happen 
when you get large groups of people together. Monday was the final day for the Minnesota State Fair, which is located between the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, First, a 19-year-old woman who had been struck by a passing vehicle was found by St. Paul police late Monday night. Witnesses said there had been a fight in the area just before the woman somehow ended up in the road. The driver of the vehicle initially stopped but left the scene after bystanders began kicking and hitting his vehicle. He drove a short distance away, pulled over, and called 911. He's cooperating with investigators who report no signs of impairment. The woman was taken to a local hospital and listed in critical condition. So, that, that happened in Minnesota. Uh, then they also had a gunfire. They, in, in Minnesota, which is, what do we know about Minnesota? What is the prevailing archetype of a Minnesotan? I'll tell you what it is. They're nice. They even call it Minnesota nice. People from Minnesota, except for Amy Klobuchar, who's run for president and throws things at her staffers, everybody from Minnesota is nice. And at their state fair, they've got shenanigans. People running over ladies. People shooting at other people. There were three people hurt. Uh, They were lucky. More people weren't hurt, injured, or killed. Now this, Minnesota State Fair, dates back to the 1850s, one of the biggest state fairs in the country, and attracts more than 2 million guests every year. So that's a pretty, pretty big deal. What happened in Minnesota? It can happen anywhere. So all I would do was encourage you, if you want to go out for the festival fair experience of the Delta Fair, do that, but just you know, be, be careful. Look over the shoulder. You know, be mindful. Leave yourself an out. All that kind of stuff. It's like defensive driving, you know, but it's defensive fair going. All right. So, and also, look, just the, the carny kind of guys. Make sure that when you get on those rides that the, the guy who is attending to the ride is attentive. Like, you can't have a guy who's not paying attention. And again, so many rides, so many people, so many attractions. Eh, they're going to wand everybody before they go and They're stepping up security and they're trying. All right. So, that said, have fun at the fair. Be safe. Don't make the fair unfair. All right? Don't, don't, don't go up there just oblivious to what's going on. And have a funnel cake for me. All right. Coming up, we've got the news crews. A leisurely look at the headlines. We'll do it next right here in the Nation of Jake. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, have some. Welcome back to the Nation of Jake on The Voice, FM 107.9 AM 990 online. KWAMTheVoice.com. Streaming live on YouTube, Nation of Jake the Channel. We've also got the Facebook and the Twitter. Let's check in on the Twitter real quick. I'm just in some sort of Twitter conversation about 90s chick rock band Veruca Salt. I don't know why. It just kind of comes up. These things find me. All right. Follow me on Twitter at Nation of Jake. If you've got any thoughts on Veruca Salt, that's a chick from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Veruca Salt. I want a golden goose, the whole thing, the spoiled girl. Yeah, they named their band after that. It's really not that compelling of a conversation to get into right now. We do have to get to the news crews and some headlines from around Memphis and around the country, around the world. And we do it on the boat. It's brought to you by Just Windows Home Services. Exciting and new. 
come aboard We're expecting you The News Cruise brought to you by our friends at Just Windows Home Services. You can get those windows cleaned from Just Windows. You can also get your gutters cleaned out, your roof cleaned off, any debris up there. You can also get a pressure washing deck, pressure washer fence, the siding on your house, patios, walkways, whatever you got. And on the inside of your house, you got a ceiling fan that's growing fur on it. You know you do. Nothing to be ashamed of. It's a vaulted ceiling. You can't get up there. The guys from Just Windows can. You know why? Because they got ladders, and they got no problem climbing them. And they can do that for you. All you got to do is give them a call. 751-3934. That's 751-3934. Just Windows Home Services. And get 20% off of your free estimate when you tell them that you heard about Just Windows Home Services on the Nation of Jake. Right here in the news cruise. All right, so do that. 751 751- 3934. Uh, we've already talked about Memphis Magazine. Memphis Magazine had to pull their issue for September over some really bad caricatures on the cover. The caricatures were so bad that they were accused of racism. That's right. That's right. You had all the mayoral candidates caricatured on the cover of Memphis Magazine. One, of course, being the incumbent. Jim Strickland. Mr. Strickland! His caricature was unflattering, but not racist. Willie Harrington's caricature was unflattering. And Tammy Sawyer's was also unflattering. And worst of all, it didn't look like her. Uh, Tammy Sawyer and Deidre Malone from the NAACP and others said this harkens back to Jim Crow-era political cartoons that depicted black people in a very demeaning way. I'm not sure. I'm almost sure that was not the intent. I think the intent was just to have caricatures of the mayoral candidates. All uh, that said, Tammy Sawyer's caricature was was bad, was real bad, uh, to the point where it didn't look like her at all. Yeah, you got it. Oh, George, this is going to be the collector's edition. George has brought it. Yeah, it just doesn't look like her, does it? It just it doesn't doesn't capture her likeness at all. If you were to if you were to uh, take you know, each one and cover up all the others out of context, they, they do not look like, they don't look like who they're supposed to look like. So hers especially does not look like her. I, I think I think the Harrington and Strickland, you can tell who they are, but hers looks bad, and she says it's racist. I don't know if it's racist, but I know it's bad. And especially you got to be careful when you draw women. That's a, that's a controversy. Uh, here in the battle mayorale, uh, which will have no debates. So that's that's really you know the latest in Memphis local politics. Even though there's a lot more important stuff going on. Uh, basically, this uh, with regards to this battle mayorale, as I take a tangent on the boat. Tammy Sawyer as a candidate, she wants to focus on income inequality and she wants to focus on a lot of the social justice stuff, and she always invokes a lot of the the national talking points here's the deal with this i don't want my mayor to be 
concerned with national talking points and national issues. I want my mayor to clear the way down to the Liberty Bowl on a Saturday when the local football team's playing so people aren't waiting in traffic for two hours to go one mile. Those are the kind of issues that a mayor should be on top of. Mayor Jim Strickland, every time Memphis plays Ole Miss or has a big opponent on the schedule for the opener of Tiger football, he should be all over this. Saying we got alternate routes into the Liberty Bowl. We're going to have police and all the lights on the main thoroughfares on the way to the Liberty Bowl. We're going to try to alleviate traffic as much as possible so you, citizen and Memphis Tiger fan, are not stuck in traffic for two hours to go one mile. That, that's what a mayor should be doing. There's nothing that I hear from Tammy Sawyer that talks about how she's going to alleviate problems like that or deal with road paving or sewers or infrastructure. That's what I want the mayor focused on. Oh, we've got Summer Avenue. Wow, Summer Avenue is being renamed for a three-mile stretch between White Station and Highland. They're going to call it Nation's Highway. I mean, they, I mean the Summer Avenue Merchants Association. So this is not like an official thing. Uh, a Memphis neighborhood is working to become the first of its kind after dubbing one stretch of Summer Avenue as Nation's Highway due to the amount of diversity in the neighborhood offers. That's right. They had this a uh, few months back. The Summer Avenue Merchants Association, they wanted to establish Summer Avenue as like the international district because you just can't call it what it is. You got to have a snappy name. You know, we've talked about this before. When did Broad Avenue become the Broad Avenue Arts District? When did uh, Union and Marshall near Sun Studios become the Edge District? When did all this stuff happen? I don't know. I, we just called it what it is. Yeah, Union and Marshall is Marshall. Yeah, Marshall Avenue. Yeah, Broad Avenue was, was Broad. That's what it was. It wasn't an arts district. It's like Summer Avenue, Summer Ave. Get whatever you want on Summer Avenue. Charlie's Meat Market. Used to have the peanut shop over there, Bryant's, tons of pawn shops. It is very international, and everybody knows it. But why do we have to have, like, signs that say everything? Why be so demonstrative? Let things be what they are. But they're going to have all kinds of flags out there. Yeah, for those, well, it's going to be the uh, International District, Nations Highway. Nobody's going to call it that. It's Summer Ave. It's already got a name. Hey, Memphis Madness is set for October 3rd. Same day as the Battle Mayor Al. That's right. That's right. FedEx Forum, they'll load that place up on Thursday, October 3rd. And, man, that thing's going to be packed out. Memphis Madness under Tubby Smith. Didn't they cancel it? Didn't they cancel it under Tubby Smith? What's well, back? Um, they're going to have, you know, it used to be Midnight Madness. Now it's just kind of like a big old pep rally for the old Tigers. And they're going to be charging. Uh, this, it was free. Now there's no way that thing's going to be free. And the traffic's probably going to be bad down there that night, so let's get on it. Let's make sure people aren't just jammed up in traffic for the night of Memphis Madness. Uh, plaza seats, 20 bucks. Club seats, 10 Terrace level seats, $5. A limit of six seats per purchase. Now the game is on to spread rumors as to what celebrities will show up. Oh, will Drake be there? Will Justin Timberlake be there? Oh, who's going to be at Memphis Madness this year? Oh, we got a Memphis uh, home set on fire twice in the same day. In Orange Mound, uh, we had 
Uh, somebody set Fred Frederick Stack's uh, carport on fire, and then he was concerned the fire would spread to his friend's home next door, so he put it out, and then I guess called the cops, went back to bed, and then a few hours later, his house was set on fire again. So somebody has it out for old Fred, and uh, they, they burned his house down, did $100,000 worth of damage to his home there. Oh, did you hear about this? A Catholic school in Tennessee has removed Harry Potter books from its library after the school's priest decided they could cause a reader to conjure evil spirits. Mm. In an email obtained by the Tennessean, Reverend Dan Rehill of Nashville's St. Edward Catholic School said he consulted exorcists in the U.S. and Rome who recommended removing the books. That's right. The curses and spells used in the books are actual curses and spells. Huh. Who knew that? When read by a human, they risk conjuring evil spirits into the presence of the person reading the text. I, I did not know that J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter series, was using actual spells that have now been deemed unworthy of reading by the uh, Catholic school in uh, St. Edward in uh, Nashville. That's, I, I like that story. I'm setting that aside to refer to later. I need to get some of those Harry Potter spells and we need to conjure some evil spirits. Oh, I've got plenty of other stuff, but nothing I really want to get into. I do want to revisit something with Earl, though. Uh, Earl and I have been talking about opening a Whataburger. Um, and now there's a viral video about Whataburger, something that happened at a Whataburger, and also feeds in to my, my whole tirade last week about the life of rodents uh, being stressful enough. They're so stressful that rodents are committing suicide at the Whataburger. Yeah. More, more on that next right here in the Nation of Jake. You're less than 10 minutes away. Yes, have some. From the Earl Farrell for Memphis show. For Memphis Magazine would never, ever feature some awful caricatures of people on the cover. I'm almost certain. Because when you do a magazine like that, I don't know, you got to get eyeballs on it. A lot of people are going to have some say-so in what goes on the cover. And I, I know for a fact that the Four Memphis magazine wouldn't do something like that to, to anybody out of respect. All right, so uh, Earl and I, future business partners, Earl and I are going to open up a Whataburger. We, we got word some weeks, months ago that Whataburger will be franchising. And then I said I wanted to go into business with Earl, and he said that he's already got a money guy and no thanks. But I ho hope I can maybe work so my work way in the, the operation. Yeah. Deal. yeah. But here's the thing about it, though. There's a viral video now at a Whataburger in Texas of a distressed rodent hanging out. I think it was a mouse. I don't think it was big enough to be a rat. But there was a distressed mouse. And this was right in front of everybody. It was out on the countertop. And so all these people waiting in line are watching this mouse run around. And employees and are, they don't employee, see it? No, employees are trying to, trying to corral this mouse. Oh, and they're offering all kinds of discounts and refunds because obviously you got a mouse or a rat or some sort of rodent vermin uh, running around on the countertops. That's a, a hazard. That's yes. uh, It's going to go against well, the health a, department. It's a health department violation. Right. Uh, Richard Ransom is going to show up and tell you to clean up. Clean up. Uh, at some point. Uh, that said... Uh, the, the, the people trying to corral this rodent, uh, what happens next was completely unexpected. Uh, the, the mouse uh, getting away from its 
uh, imminent capture, jumps into the vat of hot grease where they they cook the onion rings. Just commit suicide right in front of everybody. You know, we talked about how stressful the life of a rodent is. Uh, it's so stressful that you would rather jump into a vat of boiling grease than face your captor, being just a human. And so when this happens, I'm going to post this video on the Facebook page. I'll probably retweet it if I can find it on the Twitter. So follow Nation of Jake on social media. This mouse, it's, it has nowhere else to go, so it just up and jumps right into the fryer. And everybody in that place is like, oh, no. They had to shut it down and sanitize the whole bit. I'd say that no fries, please. Just no, the water burger. Just, just the burger. I don't come here for the fries. Fries will make you go blind, right? All right, Earl's up next. I'm back tomorrow. So long, and thanks for all the fish.